Welcome to this edition of the Innocence Project London podcast. My name's Louise Hewitt and I am director of the Innocence Project London. This edition features the family member of one of our clients whose case we are currently working on. And they have very kindly agreed to talk to me today about the impact of having that family member in prison when they are wrongfully convicted. Now, this isn't easy listening. Uh, tears were shed whilst this was being recorded and I could see the pain um, as she was talking to me. And I really hope that for those of you who listen to this, it goes some way to show the very real cost and impact of wrongful convictions on the families who are left behind, but often forgotten. Okay, so this episode of the Innocence Project London podcast is all about the effect of um, wrongfully wrongful convictions on family members. And I'm here um, with the family member of one of our clients who has very kindly agreed to talk to uh, me today about the effect um, of having someone wrongfully convicted in prison and the impact that has had um, on her life and also her family's life. Um, so the first question then really is the most obvious one. Um, what has been the effect of having your family member in prison um, for over 15 years? I feel that the worst thing that could have happened was the girls not having their dad around. With my oldest, her dad was there constantly. Um, if he's going out, he's taking her. If he's wearing a tracksuit, he would take her. If she's got, if he's got on a certain trainers, she would have to have on those trainers. Like they were together. He picked her up from nursery every day, everything. With the second one, she didn't get that experience at all. By the time she was turning one, he was gone. A week before her first birthday, he was gone. Just like that. Um, for them, growing up without a dad, I think that's the most hardest thing. I think for all three of us, that was the most hardest thing. The girls not having their dad. And not being able to build that relationship. Not at all. The little one, um, she barely speaks on the phone five minutes because I feel like the connection is just not there. With the oldest, she would speak to her dad all day, every day if she could. Um, because she knew him for those little five years that she had before he went. But And I think because she's older, she kind of understands everything now. It's different but for the little one. I think she's just like really disconnected from it. Yeah, she's disconnected. And because she doesn't know the full extent of everything, it just literally goes over her head. Her dad has been there practically all her life, and that's all she knows him to be there. That's where her dad lives. In prison. In prison. She didn't know it was a prison until she was about seven, eight years when she learned to read. Mm. And the, her learning to read at that age comes from her being autistic. She had delayed speech, so she had to learn all that. But as soon as she could read and she could see that her dad was in a prison, she still wasn't 100% what a prison was. 
but she can read and know he's in prison. That's where he lives, in a prison. And what's been the impact of seeing that and the effect of that on your daughters for you? How hard has that been? They turn to me for everything. Everything is mum. And I think with the oldest, she has taken a little bit of responsibility for her stuff. Um, and um, I feel like she carries a lot of resentment as well. I think she carries a lot of resentment towards her dad as well because as much as she loves her dad, her dad's not here. He's not here and she can see that everything falls on me. And that's a really big job, being both parents. Literally, and then when he needs things, it's me. As well as when they need things, and, it's and, you. Yeah, and I think that's one of the things that that um, kind of made her independent really, really quick. As soon as high school was finished, she found a job. To help you? Straight away. I also feel like she didn't go away to uni, like go and live on a campus, was to help me out as well. Oh, really? Because um, I, when I started the new job, it took me into a night shift as well. Right. So I felt like she didn't go away because someone needed to be here with the youngest. She can't be left on her own. It just happened that when she was starting university, that all my shifts were the opposite of her uni time. So when I was in work doing a late shift, she was at home. Okay. And it's like everything just happened to fall into place. So I feel like she even missed out a lot. She's missed out on the uni experience, living away from home, I feel like she was starting all this stuff to help me out. Yeah, because of the situation Literally, that you found yourself where in. Her dad could have been here and helped with being at home with the youngest while I'm at work. Because even he used to work in a school as well. So while she was in school, he would have been at work. By the time she comes home from school, he would have been home. I would have been at work doing a late shift. So it would have worked out perfectly if he was here. But now the sister stepped in to do that role, making sure she was here instead of going away to uni. So she's missed out on a lot. She's missed out on part of her life as well. Literally. And she's only young herself, isn't she? Literally. Still young. Still figuring stuff out. But she's still here to help me. Like, if I'm not here in the evenings, she's cooking dinner. Hmm. If I start a shift at two and I'm doing it till ten, she's at home. She will come home at a certain time. She's cooking dinner that night where literally I should be home or be able to can do this stuff or her dad be home and do this stuff. But he's not. she's filling in where he should have been. And that's quite a big responsibility. Big responsibility. And it's not fair. And there's a huge responsibility placed on you in terms of being the one here that's outside, yeah. that's providing for your family as well as providing for the family yeah. member that's also inside in prison. And it's not cheap. <clears throat> no. It's definitely not cheap. How many jobs do you work? I'm working one. Okay. And it's part-time. It's not even full-time. Okay. Get overtime. There's loads of overtime. But other than that, if I do loads of overtime, that means I'm out of the house even more. Yeah. And it's a hard balance, isn't it? Way too hard, I think. 
the only good thing about my job is that I don't we get work weekends and that's where my daughter works at the weekend okay and then she would do extra shifts in between my stuff and in between university so if she's got a day off from uni and then I'm at work that day she might can do an early shift and then be home in time for her sister or if I'm doing an early shift she'd say okay I'll do a late shift she literally we have to do side by side with our schedule to see what where you can fit in because it's not fair that if she's willing to work and earn money and she can't yeah so sometimes I have to like, say okay I'm not going to do no overtime this week you can do the overtime. So I'm making sure I'm at home to do what I need to do, cook and do all the other stuff, be home in time for when the youngest comes off the school bus and stuff like that. So your partnership, it's a partnership between you. She's yeah. my partner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She is my partner. Do you feel like you've missed a chunk of your life as well? I've missed half my 20s, all of my 30s. Yeah. Definitely missed out on a bit. I missed out on more kids. I missed out on going on holidays. I've missed, I missed way too much stuff. So whilst it might be your family member that's actually serving the prison sentence, it does also it extends I'm to you. It too. Feels that way. Literally serving it too. And because um, that family member shouldn't be in prison because he's been wrongfully convicted. How much worse is it knowing that and having that in the background? Can you even describe it? I can't. It's way too hard. It's just, I keep saying to him, we just have to wait until we sort it, get this, everything gets sorted out and things start coming to light and and you get back into court or, or something like that, but... It's hard to keep his spirits up about it and my own mm. because you go in there with an absolute mess. You can't go to jail for something. They say um, you're proven um, innocent or guilty before. Innocent before until there. proven guilty. But it's never that way. Never that way. For him, it was guilty and then guilty. Yeah. That's how I feel his thing was. His name got called, you're guilty. Went to court, guilty. That's it. There's no in-between, nothing. No opportunity for the innocent nothing until proven all. guilty. Your name got called, you were there. That's it. You're guilty. I don't feel like his, his case went right. I don't feel nothing. I'm just... You know when you're just numb? It's just like... When, you, when it's all in the beginning, you have high hopes, but then when it came to trial, I'm just like... This is an absolute mess. That it, no, it was an absolute mess. It was just hard. But the person shouldn't even be in jail, and then you're there trying to fight it, and you're not getting nowhere. Nowhere. No one's not listening. It's, it's hard. Really, really difficult. It's way too hard. Do you feel like the system failed? The criminal justice system failed him, and has therefore failed you. Most definitely, most definitely, because someone's name cannot get called and you just run with it. You just run with it. His name was called and you just rounded up the numbers and you just ran with it. You didn't, I don't feel like they dug 
good enough into certain things. I don't feel like they asked the right questions. I don't feel like they spoke to the right people. Mm. I don't feel like they got statements from certain people to say where he was at the time, this has happened and stuff like that. From just a cell site analysis where he's never, ever denied being in the area, he just denied having anything to do with what happened to the person. It's just hard it's not like he denied being there and yet you got his cell phone analysis there and he's pinged off towers or anything like that. He's always admitted he was in the area. Because it wasn't a criminal offence to be in the area because of, it you know, he was out. <laughs> he admitted to being in the area. What he can't admit to is actually having anything with this person getting hurt. He, because he didn't. Because he wasn't, he wasn't within that... Whatever happened to him had nothing to do with him. Mm. It's, it's, it's mad. And all because his name, they know him and the fr- um, him to be friends with mm. the person, but all with the people, but I just, it doesn't make no sense. So how can your name just get called and bam, you're just gone just like that? It's hard. That whole, that whole thing, that whole case is just weird. Some of the things people are in there for is on when it comes to this case is is it's beyond me. I just don't understand it. I don't understand. Which makes it harder as well a with everything harder. to manage and to Yeah, because to this is like I'm doing all of this and you shouldn't even be there to begin with. I'm doing all of this, this this all of this. You shouldn't even be there. It's hard. It's really, really hard. And how, I mean, you mentioned earlier on, um, you know, a little bit of anger towards the situation, but also <clears throat> towards him. Yeah. That must be really, that must be difficult in terms, and, and, and people don't know this, people listening won't know how this feels, yeah. because most of our listeners <clears throat> haven't been in that situation yeah. and won't know. But it's the resentment of being left, isn't it? left to deal with everything and actually the individual in prison has prison to deal with which isn't easy um but then I think you mentioned to me when we were chatting you know if if they want a parcel sent in or if they want something else done on the outside as it were everything you've got that on top of everything else that you're doing every little thing is money if it's um like, for instance, some of his property, if on one prison got damaged doors, gone missing and stuff like that, for an application to be sent off, it costs money. Then you have to send you have to send the money to him so he can get it into a cheque and then that costs his money. Everything costs his money. Even just to send letters out, you have to literally send in an envelope full of stamps and a whole load of envelopes. It's It's a lot. Everything is money. Everything is money. The phone, the canteen, every everything costs. It's even to get a parcel. Everything in the parcel costs money. Nothing ain't cheap. Men's stuff is not cheap. Full stop. But when you need to buy everything and then to send a parcel, do you know how much it costs to send a whole big box full of stuff? I can only imagine. <sighs> and it's not easy when it gets through, isn't it? Because it, that sometimes it can take weeks to reach them. Literally, and then some of the stuff that you do send, they're not allowed to have it. Yeah. So then it's just a whole waste of money because by the time it gets back to you, 
the 30 days has come and passed. There's no refund. You can't get your money back. No. It's, it's, it's a lot. It is a lot. And people don't realise just how much goes into looking after somebody. Exactly. Imagine getting paid and you've you got bills to pay and then this, this is like an added bill. Yeah. This is an added bill. Okay, this is for electricity. This is for the water. This is for this. Oh, the daughter needs a new pair of school shoes. Oh, she needs this. Okay, all these extra costs. And then, okay, let me send this one to him now. Yeah. What's left after that? Not a lot. And it's not like he can help. He can't help me. His family can't help me. No one can help me. I've got to do it on my own. And you've been doing it on your own for exactly. the past 15 plus years. The whole time. If you ever wanted, and I sometimes you must want to just scream. Um, I won't lie to you. Sometimes I feel like I just want to walk away. I just feel like I just want to cut the house phone off and just walk away from the home thing. But I can't. Because of the kid, I can't. Even though the oldest is big enough to go on her own, she still has to get there. Yeah. Even going on a visit, it could it, it could cost you anything up to £100 to go on a visit. And you don't get any help? No, no. No, no help at all? Nothing. It could cost £100. That's some people's, that's, that's a two-week shop, food shop for some people. Just, and that's just for one day, just to go and sit in a prison for maybe two hours. And that's not including the travelling time to get there and by the time you got there. and It must have been so difficult when the kids were smaller. Oh, my God. In terms of the travelling and then the actual visit itself yeah. and everything like that. Literally. It must have been more traumatic than anything else at times. By the time you leave home, you've got to get there. you maybe got to stop off and feed them. Then... Um, make your way to the prison, sit around again, go inside, spend more money again while you're inside, then spend them, most probably the two hours there and then you're out again. you got to feed them. Get home, you got to feed them again. By the time you, you can leave your house at 10 o'clock to leave to get to a visit for maybe two, you're back in your house by 7, 8 o'clock in the evening. That's your whole day. That's your whole day gone. <sighs> so long. Um, for people listening that that don't realise any of this and don't realise the impact that it has, especially a wrongfully convicted family member, um, what would you say to them? What would you want someone to know? What's the hardest thing, do you think? It's always going to be the family that's left behind that's the hardest thing. But I feel like especially when someone's wrongly convicted. Um, when it comes, I just feel like when the person's wrongly convicted, it's definitely the family that's left behind to pick up all the pieces. Mm. That is definitely the hardest thing. Trying to fight to survive while you're out here and still try to fight to keep their spirits up and their hopes alive while in there, it's draining. It is very draining. I can even, well, I can only imagine. I can only imagine. It's very, very draining. Okay. But you keep going. I have no choice but to keep going. The big one, she's so much, she's, a, she's very independent. It's more the little one. 
Yeah, she's 60, but she still has a lot of growing to do. A lot of help is still needed when it comes to her. Yeah. She's not going to have the life her sister has. It's going to be very, very different. And the help. She'll need you constantly, won't she? Literally. And the help would definitely would have been really, really good when it comes to her. Thank you for talking to us today and I'm, I genuinely didn't mean to make you cry. No, it's okay. <laughs>